Casa Episode 67. Welcome to the Casa the Confidence Podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you stumble into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Julie. Good morning, Daniel Collins. How are you today? I'm doing pretty darn good. Ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing today? I'm trying to get used to these new headphones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, you know, I, I change is hard for my brain. Change is hard. Hmm. But what are we encouraged to do? To keep embracing it. Oh, my God. What are you doing? Coaching me now? Do hard things. Do hard things. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not hard. They're just challenging, I suppose. (laughs) And it's just a matter of getting used to something new. I know. So I got Julia a new set of headphones that are um, a little uh, less visible so she could wear them. What's (laughs) up? Weird. Well, she's been doing TV interviews with her her laptop mic and with the mic from her phone. So I'm just trying to make it a little easier. For her to use the regular microphone, and so she doesn't have these green day glow earplugs in. I just don't understand how these work. If I'm going to be using my phone for an interview, ah, the phone's going to be plugged into the Zoom board. It's designed to, not so Zoom, not not the Zoom app. You just plug it in, and you talk. <sighs> okay, boys and girls. <laughs> I'm going to let the tech person do the tech. I'm you're just you're actually going to let me do the tech? No. <laughs> I'm going to fight you 100% <laughs> you of the way. You are fighting in. me 100% of the way. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. You know, I bought a calendar for the new year. It's a desk calendar. And I like to have inspirational sayings yeah. for my daily, everyday calendar, my mm. the one that sits at my desk. And I have to say that this, this desk calendar has some quotes that are hard to say or confuse me. Well, what do you mean? Okay. So the quote for Saturday and Sunday is, I am no bird and no net in, ensnares me. I am a free human being with an independent will. And that's a quote by Charlotte Bronte. Now, mind you, I like Charlotte and her sister and the, you know, the very inspirational. But what kind of quote is that? Let me see the calendar. I need to see this. Look at it. All right. I am no bird and no net ensnares me. I am a free human being with an independent will. I mean, I am a free human being with an independent will. You're a free human being? You sure cost me a lot lately. 
<laughs> I New don't headphones. ask for anything. No. no, you buy all this equipment. You buy it. You go <laughs> off the reservation and invest in tech. I when I would be perfectly happy with hey, just the you, basics. But if you have a home business, not a commercial, mm-hmm. and the one thing you marveled about in the last day is I got a, a NAS system that's a network applied storage. It's a nerd hard alert. it's a hard drive that's in the house. This is a nerd alert. And basically makes your home office networkable and you got a place to put all your files. Now we can transfer files between your computer and my computer through this. Yeah. So he got this fancy hard like hard drive, whatever. But here's the thing. We had a hard drive that allowed us to transfer files. It's called uh, Dropbox and Google. Nope. Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. I'm just it saying it's, it's not that I am not appreciative of this situation, but mm-hmm. why? Like, here's the thing. Here's, here is what I'm going to tell people. If you have someone that knows it, just let them do what they do best. And you may be resistant to change and you may be resistant to the things. If you're working on your own, don't go after the new shiny thing. But if you have someone that can do it for you, then you let them do it. I mean, it's hard. Mm -hmm. But I don't want people to think, and, and especially for... My listeners who are, you know, working on their own, they're hustling, they have their own business. Stop chasing the shiny things and thinking the next best thing is going to make you productive, is going to make you have money. It's going to make you do the thing. What's going to make you do the thing is just sitting down and doing the thing. Don't go chasing it. If you really know tech and you really want something fancy, then get it and use it. But in the meantime, don't go thinking that you're going to need new shiny stuff. If I were running this business by myself, I would be using the simple stuff, what's available. But thankfully for me, I have someone who can handle that. So he learns it, he teaches me, and then I just implement. Exactly right. There's so many tools out there for someone starting out in their business to to use, like Dropbox. Like uh, if you use uh, Microsoft 365, you can use their cloud or use Google Drive for their, for their cloud to store your files. I just... I fall. Down, I go down the rabbit holes, and I have some systems that I use at work that I was just trying to implement here at home. Uh, it and just, it's quite convenient. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really it, it's cool because I mean we can even like from the computer in the office we can throw a video file in and there and play it on the television. And then play it on the television. How cool is that? So it's. I'm not gonna lie. I like the high tech. Once it's done, and I learn it. <laughs> <laughs> but. These things are wholly unnecessary. Um, I mean, if if you really um, kind of have a, a little bit of fear in you about losing your files by putting mm-hmm. them out there, um, then I have the files here, and they're they're stored <coughs> twice, so there's duplicate files, and um, I'll never lose. I'll never lose a podcast. That's that's really good and reassuring for me. Plus, I can back it up to the cloud also. That way, if, you know, heaven forbid something happens to the house. Oh, my God, don't say that. For the love of God, who would say that? Anyhow, speaking of the house, we have an update on the office renovation. We do? Yeah. My books are back on the shelf. Yay. Thank the Lord. 
Books are back in the shelf. He the made me put them in boxes. Moved. We Sh- moved. What? Julie can see me during our recording now. Yes, he is to the side of me. Well, she has to be able to see me. She she's like, she panicked. She's like, I can't see you. I can't see you. Oh, my God. That was weird. I'm sorry. That was too weird. <laughs> anyway, so, so we are uh, back with the books on the shelf. They are not organized as they were before in the nice, pretty mm-hmm. feng shui color coordinated, like... You know, I had them before. And I have to say, for the record, I have been color coordinating my books way before Rachel Hollis did hers. So just saying, she might have copied me. It's possible. Mm-hmm. She's stalking your Facebook back in the day. I don't know about that. But when I lived in Manhattan, we had one entire wall that was just bookshelves. And my books were color coordinated back then. And that was 2001, 2002, when I started putting books on that shelf. Mm-hmm. So just saying. Hmm. Anyhow, I am so excited about today's episode. Mm, I am excited too. She's amazing. But by the way, um, we should talk a little bit about International Women's Day. We should. That was last Monday. And in case you were not tuning in to Clubhouse, it was an amazing day. 12 hours I was on. Um, with amazing women from all over the world, from Dubai, from Japan, Philippines, um, the Netherlands. A 12-hour marathon. Except I did pop out for an hour, which I did not anticipate being away for an hour. But I was making an appearance on the, what's it? what was it, Sacramento Morning News? Mm-hmm. They asked me to do a quick segment, which is a six-minute segment. And typically when you go on a new show, they tell you to call in at this time, you log in, and then like five minutes later, you do your little segment and you're done. So I thought that's what was happening here. But nope, I, I waited for a good hour <laughs> for me to come on air. Anyway, it was all good. And Aubrey, the person who, um, the broadcaster, the, the news anchor. She's terrific. I really like yeah. her. She's got great energy. And I love sharing some tips on how to confidently ask for a race because we all have to ask for a race every once in a while. Have you ever asked for a race, Dan? I've pretty much always worked for companies that had um, regular uh, merit increases and raises. So have I. But halfway through the year, you can go in and say, hey, mm-hmm. I've been doing a really good job. Give me another race. Right. Or give me a promotion. Hmm. That's how I've been able to get some of the promotions in my life, by just asking. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, mate, look at that little cute dog going out the window. Wow. <laughs> Why don't you go ask the dog for a raise? Oh, be quiet. <laughs> I've never seen that dog. They just turned down our street. They must live down the block. People, this is what living with Julie is like. Well, listen, I face both windows and I see every day the people that walk down the block and go to the trail down the street. And I've never seen that lady and that dog. They must be visiting someone in the neighborhood. (laughs) Yes, I am that little old lady. It's not like I look out the window on purpose. It just happens. (laughs) Did you ask me what I'm drinking? I didn't ask you what you're drinking because I went and got it. Hmm. What are you drinking? It's a pretty strong cold brew from the Dunks. 
<laughs> Am I New Dunkin England Donut, now? Those Dunkin' Donuts for our international guests. I mean, listeners. Am I a New Englander now that I say the dunks? <laughs> the dunks? No, that's wrong. <laughs> what? You got to say, you got to drop the the. Oh. That's a Southern thing, like going to the Walmart. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So how do you say it in New England? I'm going to Dunkies. You want a drink? Hmm. Speak a little more New England to me. I don't really have that within me. Oh my God, he has it within him. All but right. I got to be tired or half asleep. Or by the way, today thanks a lot a for the bit. heart attack this morning. Oh my gosh, I sneezed and it was so loud. And I usually squelch my sneezes, and people are like, "Hey, you shouldn't hold. You should hold, no, shouldn't does, hold like, that in." For a six-six man, he does these little like dainty sneezes, like. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, I almost blasted my head off this oh, morning. Well, oh, well, first geez. of all, let's give you some context well, into this. Mm. I'm going to give you some context. We decided to go to bed early because, you know, we were losing an hour. And I was, I, I, I'm in this uh, decluttering, cleaning, deep cleaning kick. I was really tired. So we go upstairs and someone who will rename nameless promptly fell asleep, but it was not me. And of course, you know, I, I was reading, I was something I shouldn't have been doing, surfing the interwebs. And I went down a couple of rabbit holes and then I decided, okay, I'm just going to fall asleep. And I started to do like a little like, um, body scan, you know, and body scan slash gratitude because my body was hurting. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to be very grateful for my body. So I started to scan my body from my toes all the way up and thinking that I would fall asleep halfway through. Nope. Scanned all my body, my body parts, my organs, my brain, my hair, you name it. And I was still wide awake. So then I decided I would watch a little TV to make me fall asleep. There was nothing on TV. Then I decided to go to Netflix and there was a movie playing, and fast forward, the next thing you know, it was two in the morning. Two in the morning, wide awake. And I am really, really wide awake. Sounds like I've heard this story before. Mm. Well, it has a turn. Then I have a headache, I'm congested, and I decide, you know what? Maybe I'm coming down with a cold. I'm going to go take some NyQuil, and that's going to help me sleep. Two in the morning, which is really three o'clock, right? So I go and I take some NyQuil. And I toss and turn for another hour, an hour, because you know how I know that? Because I saw the time change or what felt like it. Mm-hmm. And finally, I you think it was like. saw the time change? Well. I didn't know you could see time. All right. Well, whatever. I knew because I looked at the clock at one point and then like 20 it was, minutes later. It was one o'clock. <laughs> then it was one o'clock again. No, it was. It was Two o'clock, and then all of a sudden it was three. Oh, that's right. Hello. We left ahead. We, we sprang, sprang ahead. ahead. So <laughs> I. So you watched an hour evaporate. I did. I lost an hour of my life. <laughs> <sighs> so I finally fell asleep sometime after four o'clock. And then I don't even know what time it was. And I let the dogs out in the morning. It was probably seven o'clock. The dogs were like, "Hmm, excuse me, we got to go to the bathroom. So I came downstairs, let them out, made myself a cup of coffee, went back upstairs. And I put my head in the pillow and, of course, promptly fell back asleep. (laughs) And then it happened. 
all of a sudden my world was rocked. Oh, you, you know what? This is going to be the worst year for allergies for Don't me. Don't say that. Now you're setting yourself up. I'm just saying it's already, we're like three days <laughs> into like tree pollen. I mean, before the age of 40, mm-hmm. I never had one allergy. But now every time. You, know you have food sensitivities. This is not food. This is tree. This is tree stuff. I do have food probably sensitive, but not like that. Hmm. And, uh, ugh, I sneezed. I couldn't hold it back. I'm surprised she didn't punch me. <laughs> well, it was so loud. And he was asleep and he was wearing his CPAP. And the next thing you know, like, I thought we were undergoing an earthquake because the whole room just shook. And the noise, it was like thunder, earthquake. You rocked my world this morning in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a good way. Oh, I got to take that sound clip out and put it in the beginning. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. enough. Enough, oh. enough about my sneezing and your lack of sleep. And well, because you're getting old. The, well, well, I'm getting old. Yeah, yeah. You're turning bit. fifty this year. I am turning fifty this year. Oh, I can't wait for your birthday party. You turned fifty last year, did you not? I did. She can't wait for my birthday party because she's gonna <laughs> dual purpose it for herself <laughs> since she missed our fiftieth last year. Oh, anyway, stay tuned for details. Hey. Hey. It's a good segue to our guest today. I know, I'm brilliant. Oh my God, I said it earlier. We are, uh, again, 17 minutes in, just like last week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope we're not boring you people. Let us know. We're nothing but consistent. Throw us a note. Throw us a note and let us know what you're thinking. Is is this good? Is this banter good for you? Or is it just self-serving for us? I think it's entertaining. I mean... Well, you're entertained. I'm entertained. I'm kind of entertained. Yeah, I'm kind of. <laughs> wow. Bit. I don't know. You're getting old too. You're repeating stories. <laughs> oh. Well, I have something anyway. that I decided, and I think I talk about this in the episode with Kari Hart, in which I talk about how one of the goals that I have is to grow welderly. And this is definitely something that has resonated with me because I feel like we can define our feelings and we can oh that cute little dog is going by again oh my gosh (laughs) this is that's crazy are you hello yeah yes what now yet oh he is a cute little dog isn't he (laughs) (laughs) well there's two of them it's two of them oh my gosh oh anyway anyway so we need to redefine growing older Yes. And our guest today is trying to do that. It's okay. Amazing. Our guest today is Marianne Alda. I was fangirling when I first found her. Yes. She has starred in film and television. Her credits are a movie. She was in The Wiz, Beaches, Nobody's Perfect, Pretty Woman, in Class Act. And you may remember her as Dee Dee Bannister Stoner in The Edge of the Night. That, that was a show, 80, 81 to 84. And Julie, of course, remembers her from... Designing Women. She played Lita Ford in Designing <laughs> Women. Oh, and I remember the one show... Um, 
Oh, what was it called? The Royal Family. Mm. The Royal Family back in the early 90s. Remember when they came out? I think it was there for a season. Um, it was with Della Reese and Della Red Reese. Fox. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, Marianne shares an amazing experience that she had with Della Reese prior to her passing. So definitely stay tuned for that mm-hmm. anecdote from Marianne. Anyhow, she is redefining gracefully and fearlessly aging. And what does it mean to grow older and be just the better version of yourself? Yeah, as a female actor uh, in Hollywood or in TV, um, there's a certain time where, you know, historically, women have gotten to a point where you really get limited in your roles. And she talks about this, about, okay, you're, you know, sexy young woman, then you're the mother, then you're, if you play your card right, you're the grandmother, and then whatever. And a majority of women, you know, don't find work Mm. later in their 50s and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff's starting to change. And it's starting to change and it's starting to be able to be redefined. And here's the thing. If we are not in Hollywood, if we are not in the limelight, we are going to look to other people to say, hey, you don't have to be the lady in the muumuu. And, and okay, if you want to be the lady in the muumuu, you can. But if you want to be the fearless, funny, and, you know, incredible woman who is out running marathons or is out chasing her dreams, do it. So we need to see more role models like Marianne out there and she is leading the charge. So I am thrilled to have her here. It is an honor and a pleasure to have her and on with the interview. It is a pleasure, and I, I'm so excited for this conversation. I think uh, it's something that not only I've been looking forward to, but I know that the listeners will really enjoy learning about who you are, your journey, and what you're working on, and how do you also bring the, your platform and use your platform to talk about something that's important for all of us at one point or another. So, Marianne, I want you to take a moment and introduce yourself because I can read your bio, but I think that you can tell us who you are and tell us uh, what you're doing these days. Well, my name is Marianne Alda, and these days I am um, a pro-aging activist, or I like to say age-full activist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when people talk about being ageless, you know, I think, um, no, I want credit for all those years. I am age full. And I'm proud of my age. I'm 72. Um, My back in the 19 early 1980s, I was one of the first African American daytime soap opera heroines playing Dee Dee Bannister on Edge of Night. And Mm -hmm. Dee Dee was a criminal defense attorney. And now I say, I'm prosecuting ageism. So, I love it. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> because, and, and you know, it's funny because people say, but you don't act your age. You don't look your age. And, you know, I go, you're so youthful. And I go, you know, why should youth get all the good press? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just be vibrant and vital and old? You know, uh, it's funny, you know, like the LGBTQ community has 
has taken back the word queer. Um, obese people have taken back the word fat. And mm. I say, I'm old and I'm proud of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, I don't, I don't think as old as being something dingy. I think it's old as something to be revered and worthy of, I just want to give credit for all the wisdom that I've gleaned throughout my 72 years. And like I said, my platform is aging shamelessly. And that's because there is so much shame for women involved mm -hmm. around aging. We've been hypnotized into believing that women lose value and social currency as we get older. And we oh, amen. <laughs> and, and, amen. <laughs> and hallelujah. Yeah. And, you know, so sometimes you ask women uh, how old they are. They say, well, you know, I'm old enough or I, whatever. We don't want to acknowledge our age. And if we all came out and said our age proudly, we could destigmatize the whole process of getting older. So in some respects, yes, absolutely. It is the culture. It's what we see in the media, but it's also you know, we can take back our power. It's also how we see ourselves. And I'm taking back my power. I am owning my age. Now, I'm an actress. When I, when I hit 50, my career in television kind of like blew up. I mean, or maybe didn't blow up. It blew down. <laughs> it, <laughs> it withered. Uh, because, uh, and, and I realize now that most of my career I was an appendage to a man. I was the girlfriend or the wife or the whatever, you know, because I was the, you know, the, the, the ingenue, the pretty girl. Right. So now that I turn 50, what, what do I, what do I do? Well, what do we do with her? And my agent even suggested that I gain 50 pounds so that I could get more character work. Wow. And I thought, you know, okay, already genetically, I take, uh, it's in runs in the family. I take medication for high blood pressure. So you want me to gain 50 pounds and then I have to start taking medication for cholesterol too, and possibly like risk diabetic. Right. I mean, wow. no, I mean, I want to work, but I want to live even more. <laughs> oh, Marianne, I, I enjoy every single thing that you're saying and, you know, officially welcome to Casa the Confidence. I am so thrilled that you are here. Um, I think I, I need to, um, first tell you that my dad is probably smiling from ear to ear that I have you here because, and I'm going to make a little confession to you before we proceed with the conversation, because I think that it's in full disclosure, you need to know when I met you, of course, on clubhouse, where I seem to be meeting all these amazing people. And I went to your profile, I'm like, really? Is this what I think it is? And then, of course, I looked at your bio and, and went to your website. And then you and I had a conversation. And I was really working hard on that fangirling because um, I did remember you from some of the roles that you had, but most importantly, from uh, Designing Women, which was one of the shows that um, my dad and I used to watch. And I'm getting a little teared up just thinking about it because that was our show. And that show um, taught me in my early 20s that as you grow older, you grow more fabulous. 
And I am happy to say that I'm 50. I turned 50. And I talk about this on this podcast all the time because I want women to define themselves for the value, for the character, and not for a number because the number does not define us. And I am so thrilled to have you here and continue to allow you to share how you're changing this conversation for others. And again, thank you for coming. Well, thank you for having me and allowing this platform because, yeah, I want to reach as many people as I possibly can. And and for those of you who aren't familiar, I played Lita Ford on Designing That's Women. Right. I played <laughs> Anthony's yuppie from hell girlfriend who was always waiting in the beamer. <laughs> but you were adorable. And <laughs> well, I remember the episode where, where Anthony went and met your parents. And I hope I'm remembering this correctly. No, that wasn't. And that wasn't me. He had a number was, of girlfriends. He had a number of girlfriends, but I do remember that you had the Beamer, which is what I was striving for in those days. <laughs> well, and she was, and it's funny because there is a, a line that I say to Anthony, you know, because I'm always trying to encourage him to go for bigger and better. And I say to him, you're going to be the black Donald Trump. I just know it. And, <laughs> and then he says, oh, Lita, you're so weird. He, he, he didn't know how weird that was going to turn out, actually. But yeah. Prophetic words. Prophetic yes. words. <laughs> and and here, here's a funny little story. I Edge of Night was, uh, an AB, was on ABC. ABC, yep. And General Hospital, another ABC show. And Bianca Ferguson, um, Meshach Taylor, who played Anthony, Meshach Taylor's wife, Bianca Ferguson, was on General Hospital at the same time that I was on Edge of Night. Hmm. And I did another movie with Meshach, a class act, which is a kind of an urban cult classic these days. I played rapper kids mom and Loretta Devine played the rapper plays mom and Meshach played my husband. And I ran into Bianca at an audition for something. I don't remember what it was, but she said, she said to me, girl, you're in bed with my husband more than I am. <laughs> okay. That's a great story. See, see what, you know, and we just laughed about it, but, but working with Meshach and he died a couple years ago from mm-hmm. colon cancer. I believe it was colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to encourage everyone to make sure you get your, an, your annual checkups. I, as a yeah. matter of fact, I am a cancer survivor. Uh, my sister and I went in for our well woman exams Within two weeks of each other, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was diagnosed with uterine cancer. Well, I'm glad you are here and thank you for encouraging people to get their well exams because that is so key for minority women, especially we tend to not prioritize those. And, and, And we didn't have, there was, there was not any particular symptom that was alarming um, I was having a little bit of spotting and the gynecologist that I had in New York said, oh, it's probably just uh, due to your tissues getting thinner as you, as you get older. Mm. But I had a new gynecologist when I moved back to Chicago and it was my sister's gynecologist. And she said, you know, it's probably nothing, but mm. let's just check and make sure. And sure enough, uh, she she did a, a a cone biopsy, and she called me up within forty eight hours, and she said, "You need to 
get this taken care of right away because it was an aggressive form of cancer. And I, I, after I went through my radiation, my sister and I were sort of tag teaming. We had our surgeries at different hospitals, but we sort of tag teamed. She had six weeks of radiation first, and then I had six weeks of radiation. And I actually became, I had my surgery done at the University of Chicago Med, and I actually became a, a mentor for women who are diagnosed with uterine cancer, gynecological cancers, they have a special program and they match women up who have similar cancers so they can tell them what you can expect. So good. Go through. And just, I would spend hours on the phone with some of these women because it wasn't just what their bodies were going through, but also the fact that, especially for a lot of women who were, you know, of course, by this time, a lot of them are older women and they were the, the backbone of their families. They, <laughs> and so everyone was used to coming to them for support. And what happens when you're so strong, when you are in need, a lot of times people don't know what to, what to do with you. What to do for you. Yeah. For or, you or and how they, to and, help you. And it, and they get and, and they become fearful. So they yeah. try to act like, oh, it's no big deal. You know, yes. mom, don't worry about it because they, because of their own fears. And so they don't know how to ask for help, right? Right. right. And to do it in a way and to not wait until it builds and it builds and it builds until you explode one day and say, don't you see I need help? You know, mm-hmm. we need to have those conversations about I didn't expect for this to be all about cancer, but it's actually about asking for help. Women, it's asking for strong help. women learning how to ask for help. And um, oh. I started doing stand-up around my cancer afterwards because the best way to for me to um, process pain is to through humor. So I did stand up and I say, I talk about, you know, the fact that not having a uterus does not make me any less of a woman. In fact, I, I think of my hysterectomy as having an internal Brazilian. If you're going to landscape the runway, why not declutter the terminal? I'm still good for happy landings. I love it. This is so great. And the thing about that is, I didn't realize what the effect my just treating this with humor was going to have on so many women who would come up to me afterwards and say, you told my story or, oh my God, I feel so much better now. Or I had what you had. And, you know, they, they want to share. That's the thing about, about women. We, we tend to cluster, you know, (laughs) we are, we are, we are village people. We wanted to engage and, you know, with, with our village and, and just by my doing that now, because of my personality, I didn't think of as, as being particularly brave, but these women said how brave you were to tell your story Mm -hmm. and to come out. And I just think, well, you know, it's kind of, I look at my acting as kind of my ministry, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a different way of reaching people and touching people and enlightening and informing as well as entertaining. So, and so that's what I do. And when I, when that was denied me at 50, when I couldn't do it on television anymore, I went, 
uh, I trained to become a hypnotherapist mm-hmm. at the uh, Hypnosis Motivation Institute in Tarzana, California. And I don't know what anyone's spiritual beliefs are, but God works in mysterious ways. If you are just open to it and go with the flow and sort of go where you are guided, mm-hmm. you might be going in one direction, but it's actually a detour to come back to your des- original destination. So I mm-hmm. became a hypnotherapist and it's a one-year program where you learn how to use it therapeutically and you spend six months in residency working with clients while you are overseen by um, an, uh, a, a master clinical hypnotherapist. Most of my clients were women in their late 40s, early 50s, and they were going through midlife depression. Mm. And that's when I realized that my job was not to hypnotize them, but to dehypnotize them from the trance that culture and society and the media had put them under into believing that they were less than than because mm-hmm. what purpose do you serve anymore? You're not, you know, you're not young and beautiful and fabulous. You can't bear children anymore. What do you do? And for women who are used to playing a certain role in other people's lives at midlife, they have to regroup and say, well, how important am I to me? What's important to me? And putting yourself first. And so I, and it's funny because now that I'm 72, it's like, I'm, I figure like, okay, I'm grown. I'm bad. I, I got this. <laughs> but I do remember I think like the late 40s, early 50s, if you look at menopause and you compare it to puberty, it's like puberty is that awkward age from going from a child to an adult. Right. Well, menopause is the same thing. Your body is going through changes. There are mm-hmm. ho- hormonal changes. You know, things are, you know, when you're, you know, things are sprouting or uh, when you're in puberty, things are sagging when you're going through menopause. <laughs> These different things happen to your body. And then, but you're, you're not young anymore, but you're not quite old either. You right. know, so, so you're in that awkward age. No one has to talk with you. No one yes. says, hey, let me sit you down and tell you what you're going to experience. Right. We don't have these conversations through puberty. You have your parents awkwardly try to tell you, you're going to notice some hair. You're going to start to smell a little, take a shower. But now you you don't have that. So I love that you you're starting to open up this conversation to normalize it because it needs to. Right. Well, and that's why I call it aging shamelessly. Shamelessly. Yes. I, I tell you, Marianne, I'm a big proponent of mentorship. I think that if you are further along the road and you've experienced something, it really is your duty to turn around and grab the hand of the person coming after you. And it doesn't mean that you are better or wiser or more knowledgeable. It just knows that you have experiences. And experiences can really enlighten somebody else. I think of, you know, for instance, and and I think that I mentioned a little bit about this to you. And one of the reasons that I feel so strongly about this, my mom turned 50 and she's in her late seventies now, but, but, and she happened to get laid off at the same time that now I'm 50 now. And I got laid off last year. And one of the things that 
Um, you know, she sort of, and I love her I, and, you know, I know she listens to the podcast, but I, I want people to know that just because you turn a certain age, your life is not over. I remember her thinking, who's going to hire me now? And she used to say this, like most people want a young girl, you know, with a short skirt. And maybe that was true or maybe it wasn't, but it was a belief system that she chose to subscribe to that then define some of the things that she chose to do or not to do. And I think that a lot of us women come back with these belief systems that may or may not serve us. And perhaps there wasn't somebody like you who had gone through this and could say to her, Hey, no, that's not true. Your age doesn't define you. And, and we need to start to redefine. What does it mean? I love, um, I, I like the phrase and I use this, that I'm growing to be welderly, not elderly. I want to be, Oh, I like that. (laughs) I want to grow to be able to, you know, hike up a mountain if I want to, or go whitewater rafting and not think that just because um, I've hit a certain age, I'm not allowed to dress a certain way or go out dancing when we could go back to dancing at a nightclub, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that that's, that's really important to redefine this. So for, for what you are doing, I am a big fan of this. And I think that um, you, you are in a great journey and a great advocate for this. Tell me a little bit about the journey since you started to use comedy for this and, and where have you been and what are some of the things that you continue to do to help um, get this conversation going? Well, I, it's about maybe two or three years ago. I think it was about three years ago when AARP first came out with its um, disrupt aging campaign and they started a a disrupt aging newsletter. And I remember it was like two o'clock in the morning or something. It was the end of the day. I had been busy doing things and I was just getting to my emails. And so I'm going through my emails and I'm reading that newsletter and, and they had, these women and men, you know, as age disruptors and what they were doing uh, in their later years. And I looked at that and I went, there's no diversity there. There's no, there's no, so it's at the bottom of the newsletter. It said, tell us your story. This is how my, my email began. I've been a woman and black all my life, but not even that prepared me for the discrimination I would face once I got to be old. And then I just went on and I told my story. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple weeks later, my you, you had to put your email address in your phone. Mm-hmm. My phone is blowing up. They called me and AARP sent a camera crew to Chicago <laughs> and they filmed me. They said, just tell your, your email, what you said in the email and say it on camera. So I, I did. And I, I told my journey of, about being an actress and then aging out of Hollywood and working with, with women who were going through midlife depression. And the thing is that as I was working with them, giving them the positive suggestions, my own subconscious mind was hearing that. Mm. And so I could how could I tell these women what they could do with their lives and that anything was possible when I wasn't truly honoring that in myself? 
So I gave up my practice and I wrote my first solo show, which I did at the school auditorium. And it was called Snap Out of It. You've Only Been Hypnotized Into Believing You're Over the Hill. <laughs> and, and since that time, I've done a couple of shows collaborating with other women. I've, I've uh, been to the National Black Theater Festival in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, six times. It's like every, you know, and it's every two years, they want to know, what show are you bringing with this, you know, this time? And that always sells out. And uh, I have done the Chicago Fringe Festival, the Whitefire Theater Solo Fest in Los Angeles. I workshopped a show at um, Dixon Place in New York City. I've done the New Orleans uh, Fringe Festival. I mean, I've toured this show all over. And every place I go, it doesn't make any difference the ethnicity of the women or even the ages of the women mm -hmm. because getting older is a concern for women in their 30s you know they're you know especially in hollywood they think oh what's going to happen especially you know if they're not married and they don't have kids and it's like well, well you know will i meet mr right well what will happen well the thing about it is that people used to die at 60 now people are living to be a hundred years old, Absolutely. you know, and it's so people are aging differently at different times. I had my son at 25, but a lot of my friends had their first kid at 40. You know, everybody's not doing it. There's not one size fits all is what I'm yes, saying. Yes. And I think that this is what we need to, to really be open to the conversation and open to believing that when things happen for you and you're not, may not be following the formula that society says, it's okay. It's okay. My grandmother didn't have her first child till 40 and she was born in 1905. That's, that was unheard of those days. She was an old maid. But she redefined that. And it's interesting, you know, I think how my grandmother had this redefinition for herself or her life and her daughter just sort of conformed. Um, and and uh, I, I needless to say, I'm taking the example of both of them and forging my own way. Do you work right now with women individually using some of your background as a hypnotherapist? Um, and how do you maybe mentor and use that certification with the work that you do in addition to helping you write um, your show and going on, on the road? Well, what I do, I do it on Clubhouse. I do it. Love it. You know, <laughs> I, and what I do is if there's uh, something called neuro-linguistic programming. We have to be careful about the words that we choose when mm. we talk to ourselves. Yeah. I, I worked with Della Reese on a show called The Royal Family. It was a sitcom on CBS. She played my mom. Red Fox played my daughter. Yes, I saw that too. <laughs> and, De and Della was a unity minister in addition to being a fabulous actress. And she used to say, be careful about what you're thinking about when you're not thinking about what mm -hmm. you're thinking about. So it's yes. those random fleeting thoughts that somehow, and because when you're relaxed and you're not really thinking about it, that's when those thoughts can drop down into your subconscious subconscious mind, mm -hmm. and they help to build your release your uh, your belief system. Yeah. So whenever, whenever I am talking to women, 
I make sure that if they're saying something negative about themselves, I will give you an example. Uh, a woman was saying to me, oh, I get terrified whenever I have to speak on stage. I just, I can't, and you know, I get such anxiety. And I said, that isn't anxiety. What it is, is that when you are about to do something new that requires, when you're getting ready to go on stage, that's performance energy. So your body, adrenaline mm -hmm. is being pumped into your system to give you that performance energy. That's all that is. And you feel it in your body. I said, because you need to get pumped up. And, and, that's, and right. that's what it is. So, and she looked at me and she said, I never really thought of it that way. And that's it. We can reframe so many things. I mean, yeah. anybody who's listening right now, you know, get a journal and reframe. Some, look at the language that you use about yourself, about your life. When you say, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so, uh, you know, your body hears that. Your subconscious mind hears yes, that. Yes, it hears us and it affects you. Absolutely. I have 12 words that I tell my clients they can't use. And I learned this from another coach and she changed my life dramatically. So you can't, I can't, I won't, should have, would have, could have, it's hard. Um, no, all of these words really tend to be the words that when we subconsciously, if we're getting up in the morning and the first thing that we say is like, oh, I'm so tired your body's going to say, wow, I am tired. And, and you begin to, uh, you know, reprogram yourself. The first thing that I do when I wake up is I tell myself um, I am happy and I wake up easily and uh, easily and quickly to, to um, uh, see, I'm getting stuck. I wake up easily and quickly to eat, worship and exercise. And I may not necessarily, you know, be jumping and running a mile, but I do some stretches and I wake up quickly and easily. Why? Because I don't uh, typically tend to be the person that looks forward to, you know, the morning if I have, especially these days, I don't seem to be sleeping through the night, but I want to reprogram my brain. I want to tell myself that I can do things that I'm able and things are not hard. Things are challenging. I tell myself I'm a beginner. Uh, not that I'm not good at something. And I believe in the power of words. I have in my closet, actually, I have a picture of myself, which, you know, my husband thinks is a little narcissistic, but I have a picture of myself and I have a picture with all of the words that I people have said to me that I am and that I want to believe about myself. Sophisticated, funny, um, you know, whatever it is. And, and, and I, and I do, do those it. words to describe yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But the reason I do it is because I want to, when I'm dressing, I want to look at those and remind, because sometimes there is a little drama like, oh, this, this shirt is a little tight today or whatnot. And it's someone that has struggled with weight for a very long time. I'm learning to love myself. I am working on believing that I am just as beautiful and lovely as I am today, as despite what the media may be telling me that maybe I need to fit into a size zero. And this is the best version of myself today. And I want other people to believe that as well. 
Do, do you ever, uh, do you do tapping? Are you familiar with the emotional? I am familiar with tapping, but I haven't had any formal training other than listening to podcasts or watching videos on YouTube. So, you know, and that's really all you need to do. I mean, just, just okay. do that to just, you know, tap and get some of those, you know, just tap. And, you know, even though I'm not the size that I want to be right now, I love and believe in myself, you know, just, just mm-hmm. do that. And okay. something else, something else is a neat trick. Okay. When I get out of the bed in the morning, and if you look at my, the little picture of me on uh, clubhouse and, mm-hmm. on, and Twitter and Instagram, actually, I, it's the power pose. I'm yeah. standing there with my hands on my hips. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the thing about when you do that, when you put your hands on your hips, you're expanding your chest. So mm-hmm. you're able to breathe deeper. A lot of times we don't realize that sometimes the reason we're not, we're feeling tired is because we're not breathing deeply enough. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. I think that even when I speak and, and I'm, I use my hands a lot because it's, you know, the Latin American person in me. But the other thing too, that for instance, when I'm speaking, I tend to try to use, you know, put my hands like this or open them up. And I believe in the power of our body, just taking those power poses and feeling that confidence. And I think that how we choose, you know, I, I, someone that I love dearly in my life, she tends to slouch a lot and her anxiety and her mindset is very poor. And I, I, I see the correlation between how you carry yourself. And sometimes you need to just stand in front of the mirror in that power pose. And I, and I, I need to do more of tapping though. So I'm going to have to uh, go a little deeper and, and, and incorporate that for sure. Cause this is a journey where you don't always um, have it perfect. And we don't always, uh, you know, that I struggle with here and there and we grow to become better for sure. You know, and, and what is perfect anyway, there Nothing. is no perfect, you know, no something perfect. else Stella would say, God don't make no junk. Oh, you know, I love her. I, yeah. you know, I, I watched every Sunday we used to watch, uh, you know, the, the little angel. angel show. Yeah. Touched by an angel. I, I have a priest friend of mine, little old priest, and he loved it. He was just so, and I used to work at a church back then. And, um, on Mondays, it would be the day that a lot of people would be off at the church, except him and I, and I would come into the office and he would be making his tea and uh, Father Wally, he would say, wasn't that just delightful? Wasn't she incredible? And it was so fun to to have the little conversations. And, and she was so inspirational always. I mean, the whole show was for sure. Uh, she, well, she herself was inspirational. Oh God, I'm I'm gonna get a little <laughs> I'm gonna get a little for clumped. I'm getting a little oh, misty yeah. here because um I had I've been I sometimes I'm in New York, sometimes I'm in Chicago, sometimes I'm in Los Angeles. And I had just landed in LA and I got a phone call from her assistant she had been in the in the hospital and she was now at home for hospice care. Mm. And she wasn't verbally communicating or anything like that. But her assistant said, would you like to come and see her and say goodbye? And so I 
I was able to go and spend some time with her. And <laughs> this is funny. I, I rubbed her forehead and Della, she was a minister, but she could be quite salty in her language. I mean, she was real. <laughs> there is, there is the minister and there is the, mm-hmm. and there is the nightclub singer. Okay. My kind of person. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm talking to her and I'm saying, and I'm saying, and by the way, I know you've got connect. You're you're going to have connections. So when you get up there, you know, could you could you work on getting getting me a, another TV series? I swear to you, she did not speak, but I could hear her words in my ear, and her eyes kind of fluttered. And the words were, "Heffa, you got the power. Get it your damn self." <laughs> <laughs> You know, and because we do have power, yes, all of us have power, but we have to be connected to it. You know, we have to go to our core. We have to go. I mean, I meditate um, Mm -hmm. every day, and and, you know, I don't mean like like the woo woo meditation. I don't put on the music all the time. Sometimes I am just still, Mm. and I take deep breaths. And I'm just still, and I get in touch with my body. I, you know, I, I feel my feet. I wiggle my toes. I wiggle my hands. I, I pay attention to what my body's doing. If I'm slouching, I, I, I push my shoulders back, and I just take a deep breath. And I'm still. As as a matter of fact, when I was diagnosed with cancer, the first thing I did was to do a meditation. And have a conversation with my body and say, okay, what is the lesson? What do I need to learn from this? And the message that I got was to be as compassionate with myself as I am with other people. Hmm. Because I'm very forgiving of other people. But I'm, I've, I would be so hard on myself. You see, I, I changed my language because I started to say, I'm always so hard on myself. No, not anymore, Marianne. I used to be so hard on myself and now I am much more forgiving. If I do something, you know, if I make a mistake, I'm quick to laugh at it. I'm, I'm the first person to point it out. It's like, oh, I can't believe I did that again or whatever it is. You know, I have... A greater, I used to say, well, I, I take my work seriously and I, but I, I don't take myself seriously. Well, now I do my work, but I don't, and I take it seriously, but not with as much rigidity mm-hmm. as I used to. Um, I have a friend who is, we're very similar, I guess, type A personality types. And she's busy doing a, a, a lot of stuff right now. As a matter of fact, you should have her on, on your show. I will give you her name afterwards. Okay. She, and she was, she's involved in so much stuff and she's an activist. She's a patient safety act, activist. And she was going, and I said, hold on, wait a minute. If you were your own boss, you would quit that job. Because you, <laughs> you, you are being, you are being the boss of you, and you are not being very you're kind to your employee. And she laughed. And I said, it's, it's, so I said, stop and think about that. I said, you wouldn't take you wouldn't take this off of anybody that you were working for. 
but you're going to do it to yourself. And a lot of times, you know, we do that and we, we call Mm -hmm. it grinding it up. We got to do this. And the funny thing that I've learned is that you can, I can have a, a list of tasks and that I will, and sometimes if I don't ac- accomplish that task, it'll carry over to the next day. And mm-hmm. sometimes within 24 hours, whatever I thought I needed to do has already resolved itself. So I don't have mm-hmm. to do that thing. Yeah, it's true. I think that that's the one thing that um, we create these lists for ourselves. And like you said, Many people who don't accomplish or who make a mistake or who don't hit the mark for themselves, rather than speaking to themselves kindly, uh, like they would other people with understanding or compassion, they tend to really, you know, look at the worst part and say, oh, you're terrible. Why didn't or look at you failing again. And these are the things that really trip us up and really prevent us from continuing to um, move forward. I, I definitely want to connect with your friend because uh, patient advocacy and all of that work is uh, something that we need. Um, and But I will tell you the best advocate for anyone, and especially whether you're sick or whether you're changing is you, you need to be the best advocate for yourself. And one of the things that I want to revisit a little bit is the women that you mentioned that you've been mentoring are the ones who have a hard time putting themselves first and asking for help. Tell me, what will you say to the women who are listening, who um, don't want to impose or don't want to be a burden or feel like is there a role to take care of people and they don't feel comfortable being in the position of being taken care of? Well, the thing that I tell them is that I, cause I'm thinking of this one woman in particular who did everything for her. She had a daughter who was a single mom. And <laughs> so she was the, she was the grandma. She would take care of the kids. She'd do everything. She'd do a lot of things for her daughter. And she didn't feel that her daughter was being as responsive to her needs. And I <laughs> said, well, have you asked her? And she said, well, she should know that I said, no, she mm. is not a mind reader. Have you asked her? Have you given yourself uh, to give her an opportunity? And when I was talking with her, she started crying on the mm-hmm. phone because there was, sometimes we have a lot of emotion mixed in with the need to, we don't want to ask. So we want people to mind read and assume that they will see that we are in need and they will come to our aid. And I said, you know, and by this time she was a little pissed off at her daughter. And I said, Mm. you know, okay, let's just breathe here for a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to advocate on your daughter's behalf right now. (laughs) And we're going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate. And I'm just going to say to you that when you do things for people, we do them because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel needed. I said, you're denying your daughter an opportunity to feel needed by you. You know, this is a great opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, for her to, uh, you know, to come to. And I said, now, I said, don't yell at her. Don't go like, well, can't you see I need help? I said, because I see you've kind of built it up now. You're kind of holding it all in. I said, those tears that you just shed with me, 
what would happen if you shed those tears in front of your daughter? Would that make her think any less of you? No. You know, no. sometimes we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Yes. And sometimes that's scary. And I think the thing, the big fear is, what if we ask for help and we don't get it? Mm, that's you know, a fear a lot of people have. Yeah. What, what if we ask for help and we don't get it? Well, we have to realize that people give at their ability and their capability mm -hmm. to give. Some people have more of it to give than others. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that old thing, you can't get uh, water from a stone. That's right. Well, well look around. I mean, th there are so many organizations and groups. This is what I like about, about Clubhouse. It's like all of these communities has formed in this. You know, I, I do believe, again, I get to be a little woo-woo in my thinking, but I, I believe that when the pandemic hit, there were all these people who had need of a way to connect with people. Connection, yes. And Clubhouse was formed. The guys who formed it, they were just the channels, but there yeah. was this great need because when I go into, sometimes I just go in and, and, and listen to some of the, the groups that are, that are going on uh, in some of the conversations. Mm -hmm. And I've made connections with, with women, with groups of women, and I've made connections in the entertainment industry, which is, yeah, I know, amazing. I, I, I was shocked, actually. Um, I went into a, I saw a room that said, women over 40, is there a place for you in Hollywood? And I thought, oh, I need to go into this room. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I went in and I introduced myself. And I said, um, you know, I'm Marianne Alda. I was one of the first African-American daytime soap opera heroines. I'm now over 72 years old and I'm trying to change the paradigm on women and aging because there are not enough stories with vital and vibrant women mm -hmm. in, in, in the media. And, and I know that there's an audience for these, for these stories because I see these women, my, my solo show now that I'm doing is called getting old as a bitch, but I'm going to wrestle that bitch to the ground. It's a comedy <laughs> with me. And you're going to win. I oh, know that. Yeah. Oh, there's no, there's no competition. That, that bitch is hitting the floor. Let me tell you. But, I like it. <laughs> but, the, but, um, and this was a room of like 40 something, 50 something young mm -hmm. people. And all of a sudden, somebody, the, the, you know, the little microphone started fluttering. So I guess I was getting applause. And I, the first, I, I think it was my second, first or second day on Clubhouse. And I didn't know what the little fluttering mics meant. And somebody unmiked themselves and they said, Marianne, welcome to this room. You are one of our queens. And I went, uh, oh my God. That was so, and they said, you should be working. Please get in touch with me. So I've, I've made contacts with people. That's terrific. Who, who I love it. Producers and directors on, and, and Clubhouse. And I've also made connections with women, um, for any of your listeners who are on Clubhouse, at mm -hmm. 6.10 every morning, Monday through Friday. I am part of the Soul Sister, Soul Sister Success Circle. Ooh. And, Is that Eastern time or Central time? Uh, it's Okay. Let's see. 
because I have to do the math to make sure I get it right. It's seven <laughs> ten to nine ten Eastern time. Okay, I've seen it. I've seen oh, it. Oh, okay. And yeah. it's it's you know, and I, I just I, showed up one day, and I I showed up and I said, oh, I like the energy. This feels really good. And the next day I showed up twice. By the third time they made me a moderator. So now I'm a regular. So I will be there every okay. you know, Monday through Friday, and I. I wanted to do a, a room on my platform. So I did an aging shamelessly room on a Thursday night mm. and I'm keeping that open too. And this young woman shows up 26 years old. And so now we are co-moderating that room so we can make it intergenerational oh. because the, the problem about ageism, you know, for younger people, you know, who poo poo, uh, um, you know, getting older, you know, mm -hmm. ageism affects everybody because for younger people, you're discriminating right. against your future self. Oh, so wise. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. It really is so true. And I think that this is one of the things that we forget, that when we don't speak up against something or we don't pave the way or we don't go back and grab the hand of the person coming after us, you know, you, you're really discriminating against yourself later on. You're Absolutely. not paving the way. Um, so uh, I love all these rooms. I'm going to make sure that we put them in the show notes because I want people to check them out. If you're not in Clubhouse and you have an Android phone, I'm sorry for you. It's coming. <laughs> but if you do have um, an Apple phone, hit me up. Uh, and I will send you an invitation because I I keep getting invitations. Apparently, I, I'm giving them away and they're giving them back to me to give away. So I'm happy to do that. And I have been loving the platform just because I truly agree with what you said. We are in need of connections. We are in need of just sharing. We're humans. We're, we're, we're we are, you know, people who aim for that community. And I think that there's other communities out there that are terrific. They're doing great work and have their place, but there's nothing that really takes the place of the spoken word in some ways. Uh, and absolutely. Able I, to I agree. Say, say it, right? And I think that if you look at the social platforms, why is it that a video trends better than a picture? And yes, pictures can take you, carry you away, but also hearing somebody say something encouraging takes you a longer way. I, I could probably talk to you for hours, but I definitely want to be sensitive of our time together. I want to tell you, you are the second person who has graced the Casa de Confidence, who is not only a solo fire performer, but a French festival performer. Oh. So I, I love that. Uh, creative, passionate women who are touching the audiences in the world. So this is terrific. Now you have something exciting coming up for International Women's Day. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes. I, <clears throat> I have a young um, assistant intern and we've been doing, I've been stockpiling all these little videos. Uh, we've been doing comedy videos. So starting March the 7th, which is the eve of International Women's Day, which is March the 8th. <laughs> On Sundays, I'm going to go Sunday Night Live, and I'm going to do a little, I, it'll change up, guided imagery. I'm going to use my skills as a hypnotherapist to sort of set the tone for the week. And I'm going to be doing that at 9 p.m. Eastern time every okay. Sunday. 
And then on Wednesdays, it's going to be Wacky Wednesday <laughs> because That's we've been awesome. shooting these little comedy clips. She, she, her name is Gabby and I play her grandmother, her Nana. So we have a little Gabby and Nana. And uh -huh. then there's also her great grandmother who is, so it's Gabby and Nana and Gabby and Nana Nana. <laughs> her, her great grandmother. Oh, I can't wait to see this. And we just do these little quick, you know, 30 uh, second, you know, one minute little things where she asks me for advice. And he, and the, the, the two grandmothers are, I mean, the mother, grandmother and great grandmother are just totally different little characters. And then my performance art character of Dr. Ginger, there'll be, you know, some of Dr. Ginger and answering questions about relationships. So Every Wednesday is going to be Wacky Wednesday, some kind of comedy. And then on Flashback Fridays, I'm going to just throw up little snippets of from Edge of Night and mm -hmm. from Designing Women, all the little bit, you know, little clips from my career. I'm just going to throw that up. So three days a week, I'm going to have programming on Instagram. So on Instagram. So make sure that you are following Mary Ann and Mary Ann. I am so glad that we connected because you are bringing me life with this conversation. You are continuing to um, help me and you're paving the way. So thank you so much. Uh, I think we need to continue this conversation and we need to continue it in clubhouse and give others the opportunity to really hear your message and Absolutely. create a new dialogue. You are. And, um, but before then, before you get there, check out my Ted talk. I have a Ted talk. Yes. Ages oh, you <laughs> must listen to it. It's fabulous. Yeah. Ageism is a bully. Stand mm -hmm. up to it because you know, there's this thing about women feeling invisible over 50. Well, that's mm. because you need to find a way to shine. Oh, Marianne, I have to tell you that, you know, when I, I had, I, I, I didn't embrace 50 flawlessly. I will say I always, I've, I always talk about my age. I talked about, I was turning 50. I was planning my party, but then there was a moment as I was getting closer that all of a sudden I realized like, oh, is it over for me? Is it done? Like, what does this mean? Like, I'm going to go downhill. And um, really, I could have really been in wallowing in my little pity party for a long time. And when I was laid off in March, and I found myself in that situation a month away from turning 50, laid off. And I, I finally said, Julie, get your shit together. You're 50. Embrace it. It's fabulous. And go out and you are only going to be 51. You are only going to be 50 once. You're only going to be 52 once. And live and be grateful and redefine what does it mean. And nobody can tell you what does it mean. And you are not, you need to rewrite that story and rewrite your future because you have the power to rewrite the future you want to live. So I love that we've connected because you are refining and defining what I already started that journey from. So thank you so much. And do check out the TED Talk, everyone. Uh, I, I, I love everyone to really see how we can be that age bully in, uh, in embrace and create our own destinies and futures. Absolutely. So. Thank you for having me. This was such fun. 
I know. And you're welcome to come back to Casa de Confidence anytime. I love it. And, and, and really, this has been a very special treat for me. I so appreciate you. Thank you for being here, Marianne. And don't forget to go confidently. Thank you. That was so awesome. Mm. <laughs> and I got to watch the, you know, the video of it also. Because we put it on people, TV. So we I have that new TV drive. Well, so. and you know what? Um, earlier today, I watched part of uh, Marianne's TEDx. And mm. uh, talking about how marketers still market that key age of what's 18 to 34, 34 or something like that. And how that, it's crazy that they're still hooked in there when most of the country's wealth is seated with boomers. Hmm. Right? I suppose. She was talking about that. She was like, I'm a boomer. (laughs) I, I don't understand how they still market to that target audience. So check the show notes. I actually threw the link in there for that TED Talk. Awesome. Anyhow, um, speaking of TED Talk, I think that's going to be on my list. I need to do a TED Talk. Mm. I don't know if I could stay in a little circle for 20 minutes, but. A little circle? You got to stay in a circle? Yeah, you got to stay in a circle. Oh, yeah? A little red circle. What if you want to stay in a square? They don't give you a square. They give you a circle. What if you want a diamond? Well, then you're screwed. You're not doing a TED Talk. (laughs) You might be doing a diamond talk. Anyway. So I am delighted to have Marianne as part of my universe and as a role model for what we can become no matter what age. And we can define ourselves by how we feel and not what the world is trying to define us at. So Marianne, thank you again for being a part of the episode. And I can't wait to continue to collaborate with you because you are amazing. Mm-hmm. Wednesday. What's happening Wednesday? Wednesday is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it's our anniversary. But more importantly, I am doing something very special. What are you doing? I am hosting a webinar. When? Wednesday night. At 6 o'clock. At 6 o'clock. Does that mean we're not going to go live for for our anniversary? We could go live after the webinar is live. You can... Go well, we can live. go earlier. We can go live earlier in the afternoon. What? I didn't know you wanted to go live. Me neither. Until now. Until now. Mm. But listen, I want people to participate in this webinar because I have run across a lot of women who are looking and they're saying that it's March. Oh my gosh, where did the year go already? And many of them started gun-ho with lots of really great goals to grow personally and professionally in their business. And one of the things that I'm finding is that people need a few secrets and I'm willing to share. You know, I like sharing secrets. So I want to give everyone some of the tips that I've used to be able to grow our business in three main lessons in how to generate traffic, how to be able to create offers that sell and don't feel like you're selling And also, how to overcome objections. Because most of us, when we hear a no, we give up. But sometimes it's all about not getting to that no. So I will be sharing that during the webinar 
And the other thing too that I'm excited about is that, again, I don't want people to feel like they've hit a wall or, you know, are playing it safe and not willing to take some of the action steps that will get them results. So I want people to know that they can increase their brand and increase their income. And starting is not about quitting. It's about staying consistent and finishing, finishing strong. Where can they find out about the webinar? Well, the webinar is listed on the website. Mm-hmm. goconfidentcoaching.com. You can also log in to the website for the webinar, which is casadeconfidence.com forward slash co-op, C-O-O-P. Isn't that Coop? Coop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's co-op. It's co-op. So... Anyhow, I have wonderful secrets to share and it will be interactive. You can ask some questions and I'm hoping that this will bring you value and it's free. So I like free. Cool. So join Julie in her webinar. Go check out Marianne's TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Check out her website. And follow her on Instagram. All, all the information is on the show notes. If you are entertained by this also, you can buy us a coffee. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's it. Where is Bias a Coffee found? That's... Well, if you want to buy Dan a cup of coffee, a <laughs> cup of coffee, <laughs> you can find him on Instagram and go to the link in his bio and buy him a coffee. Oh, I have a coffee link in my Instagram? <laughs> you do. <laughs> well, thank you for putting that there, Miss Julie. Oh, well, thank you, darling. Well, mm. I love you. I love you too. And we love all of you out there and we appreciate your listenership and don't forget to go confidently in the direction of your dreams and celebrate St. Patrick's Day with us. <laughs> Aaron go bra. <laughs> going to go confidently. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, 
discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.